0: Yeah.
1: Tim was telling me how not to make this So, if you see me drifting, feel free to like, wave at me or something. Save my hearing, too. <laughs> um, yeah, and in the spirit of full disclosure, take my shoes off, this is not a I'm standing on all the ground, but this is my feet, just a work, so <laughs> damn but, I mean, it's I may have dumped my way into that but well, it hasn't said that yet, so I um, I was going to do a, a last time I had thoughts of going back to whenever, and I really I think I'm going to share a story instead. <coughs> I may do some more content tomorrow. We'll see. Um, I don't know if it'll be quite as necessary as I thought it was. Um, it does actually connect a bit with. I should step back. It does connect a bit with. I'm upgrading my lesson today. I'm only making them bigger by making them longer. Uh, it, let's see, okay. The lesson does connect with a bit of the stuff we've been talking about. Um, the, some of it I, I keep looking back on and I see it a little differently and I'll draw lessons from it as a, a thing that went we a few years ago. Um. But, I, I do need to, to set up front but it takes a little bit of developing, um, And it has to do with understanding like, where I came from and how I ended up in the place that I was in. So this is like one of those kind of actual long testimonies yeah. that So just kind of, it's a good story though. Um, I grew up in a definitely a very Christian home. Um my parents were not perfect, they had some real issues. I won't go into those. Um the but in the midst of that, um one of the things that happened when I was like seven, eight years old is I came down with some really severe epilepsy. Um like I was having seizures every few minutes. They were absent seizures, so I could like sit there in the chair and you could talk at me. And about 45 seconds later, I turned to again, and I didn't have the time to rest. And what happened out of that, there's a long story, and this is not the story for this morning, I have is I ended up going through a major deliverance. Like demons manifest, they got cast out. It was a messy deliverance. Looked like a page out of the Exorcist. Uh, I've seen bits of the, the scenes from the movies, like, I mean, it, it was pretty close to something. I always make some of the the follow-up to that was I, my sister, my sister's 10 years old, really, um, she was like, you know, we might want to fill in the empty space, because we made a lot of it now, and that's good. And I like, that's it? Good idea. So I grew up in kind of a Pentecostal kind of background. I never heard the whole story in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit So they had prayed over me. And they were like, God'll do stuff. You may end up speaking in tongues before this is over. Oh, okay. And so they prayed over me and they were like, How do you feel? And I, just, I started talking back, and I was like, Well. I felt like this mighty warm wind really no language, no background noise. I was pretty in Acts chapter two, had never read it, didn't know it, I was eight, didn't like to read at that age. Um, and so like this was going on. But this cemented something in me. Um, one was that God was very real, two is that the devil is very real, three is that I really don't like the devil, and four, God can squish him like a buck. Then they'll use us to do it. Well, after this, some of my parents. I was so visibly different after that. And I felt different. I felt lighter and stronger and better. I had a lot of symptoms beyond the epilepsy. I didn't tell anyone. just, like, I thought I was crazy. But I was, like, eight so what are you going to do? I find that children at that age they'll do stuff and they don't have words. Um, and I, I was doing I don't think about it. Um, And so, like, I felt the total opposite. It was really good, which further cemented God's good. I like this. And, uh, but my parents, they, they started pulling people, like, people in our church. It's like, David is radically different. What happened? My parents told me no And so they're like, well? So they would tell them what happened, quietly. <laughs> The church we were in had this had like official standing doctrine. and Christian cannot have a demon. I had an encounter with the Lord a few years before. I remember the encounter. I know I was saved. You argue that well, I couldn't have a demon. I promise you I did, and I promise you I was saved. I will go to the grave for that. You don't have to agree, I mean that's just that's in the story of the city. Too. But this church their formal doctrine was no you can't. And so like they weren't gonna advertise this to anyone. And so people like, what happened? They tell the story. This is what happened. And a few of them came back like, can you guys pray for me please? I think I need help too. That's what happens when you have a bad definition. There's room for bondage. So like my parents are like, well? Uh, yeah, when do you want to come over? So would come over on like, seven so o'clock at night out of the gym. And my parents were like, well, we could like quietly pray in tongues. Might as well let them sit down. I definitely wasn't afraid of demons. I watched a whole bunch of them get squished out of my life. Go, okay, cool, let's do it. So people would come over and have no background, nothing about what was going on in their lives and why they wanted prayer and something needed to go. So, I would sit down, like, Maybe in the living room me, and I'm still in the wire of the couch, and just sit down, like, praying to kind of work for my life, and I'd pop up, like... like Self-hatred. Dragon! Praying. That's the huge shoulder. No, all right. So, then, you still have a band for us to get down. If you live in sleep, and you praying, and you're like, Lust, try not one. I have no, idea what that is. But you should try. It. But right. <laughs> this, this is how this worked. Um, you know, eventually, I, I don't have real clear memories, but I, I have very distinct memories of there being a couple of points where my parents would all at once be like, "You're going to no. now." I suspect what happened is I hit something that was personal enough that no one wanted an eight-year-old in the room. I not
0: know <laughs> the they lost some <laughs> It's like there
1: we go. And um, they only did this for a little while because deliverance ministry, knowing what they're doing, is exhausting. Um, I later learned how to directly engage the enemy and take a drink over it. Um, but like I didn't know it at the time, and like, my parents really didn't know it. They just kind of. So I think that kinda of dumbed her way into that ministry for a little while. Um they also didn't want to cause a church split. So and didn't want to be a church. So they kind of like eventually like let that one die. But what this cemented in me is like God can move, he can do stuff, he can free people, the devil is bad, God can crushing like a bug. So I grew up in a very charismatic Christian culture. And I was taught a lot of zeal. Um, a lot of <laughs> that was really um, but, like that's really cute. yeah. But I was taught a lot of zeal and um, I'm not sure what else. Um some scripture too. And and so I went out with this idea like I wanted to work for the Lord, and I understood see first the kingdom of heaven is like I am employed by Him. He will cover my hands. I will serve Him. Like I read this, the verses about you know the thing, servant, and like that was kind of like the approach to Him it was like happy willing servant, but servant employer. Not a father child. Does this just makes sense? People talk about father, but it didn't like click crack that. Not, It did, but it didn't. I was I wasn't like Godfather bad. Um it just you know and I frequently I would call him i and call him father, I and mean, that was just I mean it wasn't like it wasn't like that it was anathema, but. Truly, when I got underneath, like how I was thinking, it was much more sort of master than anything else. It was like we have an employment agreement. I will see first your kingdom whatever it is you want to do, and you're going to cover my needs, and we're going to be okay. That was it was coming kind of fast forward a few years. Um, I ended up in a situation where I was, by this point in the time, a senior in college, and ended up in charge of a prayer group that I didn't form. Um, I'm sorry. What? the, the spirit? Yeah, that was that was in that season. He's heard bits of this. I didn't realize I told you this. <laughs> um, and anyway, the uh, in it on our college campus, we had a campus that had experienced revival a hundred years before. It was in a town next to a city that's populated literally, if its mistakes, populated entirely by witches and spirit beings and such. There is no church. People have tried to plant churches, and the town legal system, which is popular entirely by witches, will throw them out. They, they won't zone you so that you can build a church. There's a spiritualist camp meeting that's allowed to be there because the town owned for 100 years ago when it's founding. That's the next door town. And the town of College is in has, I would say I, I think it's like included in the 75% of church growth is called church splits. a shocking number of churches were... The true results of church was, And it sounds viciously bitterly beloved. We um, and I would say also the most charismatic Christian leader there was probably more a cult leader than a Christian. It was a really, really dark place. Like you it, it walk in, like you don't even know anything. It's like this feels wrong. That was a and I kind of see and perceive stuff on the sphere. It's not continuously I don't see everything, but I'll pick up on the atmosphere. I'm And, and uh, I remember having nights nice walk around praying at night on campus, and I would feel like I was exposed. And if something had permission to film out, I would on the spot. But it didn't, but I was exposed. Like, I was just this constant, I, I don't know how to describe it. It was oppressive and dark, I and mean, sure. Um, I've never seen an area where the spiritual world kid, kicks back
0: hey, we'll back um,
1: the, well, ended up in charge of a prayer meeting in the middle of that and the Lord I'm said, ready. wipe it that out Get ready. I'm that's ready. quite Hold how he it. phrased it but it, he basically told us on the campus all of it go go go. and, and backed us up we in this that case of a month and a half went from a campus that was as dark as could be until it was done it was awesome. Most unbelievable stuff I had ever seen anyway. that happened in that season, and it wasn't just a spiritual <inaudible> warfare. Like we had people in our group that were told <inaudible> stuff, and beautiful stuff. We had multiple encounters <inaudible> where like we would spontaneously gather at one location because everyone was told go here to start praying, and we didn't know anyone else was being sent. This is middle of the night. Like it was just constantly. Um, well, of course, the religious people have a landed it and didn't want to. Um, and uh, the net outflow of that was the beginning of, for us anyway, we got together in that season, um, the beginning of the very worst of. The religious mess that can come against a human being that we began to see in our lives. And some of it was in you know, people being mean and respectful and rejectful and nasty and whatever else. Some of it was in you know, like, the warfare that overcome. Um, uh, even disobedient believers carry authority. And when a whole bunch of them decide to curse you or carry some weight, it's really irritating. Um, I was living, here's definitions again, in denial for the fact that that could happen or a believer would curse another believer. Like, I just, no, no, they, they would not pray against me. No, no believer would do that to another believer. You just don't do that because you're working a It's um, a and, uh, and, looking back, this was really recent. reason I was, I was asking more about a different issue, but like, I realized something the Lord wanted to do in our lives, and he had set out sooner than we realized it, was to get us out of the church's definitions. Um, To to, to reboot us to like, Lord, are you really? How do you function really? How do we minister really? What are your expectations of your people really? Where's the stuff that we're ducking and ignoring and what's the stuff that we're over like, where are we really what is life like that we really want to take out all of the, I was talking about last time all these extra definitions that become a like, person that was like, it was bad enough, we couldn't function um, and uh, when the Lord came back and told us a like, few months a few months ago, a year ago uh, it, wasn't, it was not recent in our history it was like, it was a time some Somewhere in like our getting together, Christian marriage, somewhere before that, don't exactly, but it was right around the end. It was like, Yeah, we're gonna get But of course, we didn't know that. We weren't ready for that. And so, part of, I look back, part of the grace of God was that de feathering us. the nest. No, it's not comfortable. We're not going to make peace with this. We need to be wrong with God. Again things to get better somehow. Um I didn't know what I was doing now. All I knew is that from that point forward, everything was brutally difficult. And even after we I graduated from college and we had left I married I graduated i got married. Um, a couple of we left that church and it was like everywhere we would go it was like mess would come off and would get the worst side of the church i don't know how to explain it other than that but like we would get the worst of it and everywhere someone had a definition like they were ready to kill us over it it felt like and it, it was sometimes when they were definitions that we held and sometimes there were definitions and we're like all right, now i'll come up with that You know, um, know, wrong doctrine looks really stupid unless you believe it. Then it looks, like, smart. (laughs) It's it's not, but it looks that way. Um, And uh, we finally, we moved around a few times, lots of places, watched this happen over and over again. Um, This was the season that Tracy had just been born. She was like a year old. We were living in Charlotte, and we still could not hold Tracy. Her back was still completely messed up. Um, and we, on account of a lot of confirmations, the Lord moved out. We moved to Charlotte one I had a job, but I mean, the Lord confirmed. And that's another set of good stories. But here. But at this point in time, I was fairly bitter and confused because I was like, why in the world is everything happening right? What is going on? What are we dealing with? And I went from being a very willing, happy servant of the Lord in my heart to feeling like I am a slave. Everywhere I go, I get beat on, and it's miserable. And this whole, like, see, first the kingdom of God, everything else gets taken care of. And it's working. Like, what is the deal? And uh, we, we end up in Charlotte. We were there for a couple of months. I had been looking for a job, had no job. So we're paying out 100% of expenses. And I have no income and no prospect for an income. Um, I have two degrees and no job. I mean, it's like, should be, but I'm not work. And it's like, my birthday is in the middle of March. It's just like oh, February. Wendy, the adorable learning wife, which she is, looks at me and like, David, give up for your birthday this year. I'm perfect, (laughs) perfect job, you know, and kind of like, this is what my first thought is, but um, I tend to, it's worse when I'm stressed, and it's one of those, again, it's one of those definitions that I'm doing Mm. in my life still, but I tend to disassociate from what I want and from how I feel. Um, and the worse the pain gets, the, the harder it is not to do that. I get like no hands. Wow. <laughs> okay. There you go. and so like I, it'll be like you want anything? No. I like the pain to paint to stuff. That's better. Um, and uh, and so I. But for once, I had an answer. We're in this little apartment, and I. Oh yeah, she also put this. Like money weren't an issue, Wait, what would you want? What, what would you really want? want, you want I, I would love to just go somewhere but we could be away and alone. Gracie was a baby she was cute, but having someone else watch her for a night would be lovely. Uh. Maybe a hotel with a swimming pool. I like the time I liked to swim. I grew up in poor. Water was just a thing. Um, the and, and also mentioned sushi on the list, which is not cheap. But I like my fish flan, so it's okay. And uh, the but I was like, oh, I'll never have it. Whatever. So Wendy, meanwhile, was not oh Lord, he actually named something. Because <laughs> I typically don't. Because like, this is that dissociation. What do you want? I don't know. Like, deep down I do. I just have to do it to myself. So I can't answer the question. In all honesty, no, I don't, but it's not really wrong Because I haven't bothered to burrow right down deep enough to figure out what was going on on the inside. That's kind of the deal. So I finally had an answer. And she was like, Lord, what do I do? And so the Lord... No income. I can do it. She's like, well, if I do, he's just gonna kind of stress the whole time because we don't have the money. Well, it's like, do it anyway. This is a woman of faith. They um. And so she did. It, she. Called my sister, and we're an hour and away. She took, for her to agree to watch Gracie, she got a hotel lined up the description it was a place that served sushi like right across the street. She told me, We're gonna go and, uh, you know, we're gonna meet your sister for sushi for, you know, birthday dinner. I some explanation on money, brother. Maybe, I don't know what it was. Oh yeah, I should get that orange on earlier than that. So um so this all goes on I don't know when we get up, like it's like Saturday night. My birthday's becoming weird. I still have no job. I still have no prospects for a job. I have the I've been hunting I can see me getting nowhere. And she was like but we were praying. The next day, and in the middle of it, she was like, Just asked my group for it.
0: She's
1: like, What? Why are you Just get some random money this week. You know why I'm asking now? you well, in my head and going, I'm exactly why I'm asking. Because we don't have money! <laughs> Duh! <laughs> so. The next day we go to church. Um, church was a pretty large church. Yeah. And uh, the guy, they would trade out with some different pastors, but the guy that was speaking that day, uh, he starts talking about God being a father and wanting good gifts to his children and really need to just be willing to receive and willing to ask and willing to just, can I Okay. Yeah. And he's trying to teach this lesson, and like the whole crowd is like, we not at getting it." I mean, you ever have a time like to tell a joke to someone and laughs, and like the only thing you can say at the end is, "You should have been there." You know, like some story that's funny, like it's like one of those. It's like it's good word, but it is flat on the ground, dead, you know, kind of thing. My like, hey, when stops? And I do I hate it when you're doing this. I'm fine. He marches down the stage, walks up the side of the table, and he falls, and I just fall off the table, and starts pulling out three bits. And he's like, I have it in my hand, and my head is like, what is it? and as he's saying this I have this picture in my head of stand up and ask for it it's yours <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> do you want to tell the worst
0: out of this? no this is cute
1: so, this, this is cool so so this,
0: this
1: is another one of those definitions, yes, definitions.
0: Okay. meanwhile I know um, what he's thinking mm-hmm. I am thinking as soon as he pulls out the money I'm like that is the answer to my prayer and I'm like that's coming to us and I know
1: I know he's going to know it's supposed to be given to us because I know that's the answer to my prayer and so oh yeah, we're kind of talking in the background had been the man of God Here's the Lord yes. trust the man of God to get a kind of a oh, it's it's yeah, little a lack of personal accountability, put it on someone else kind of thing. And uh, so he starts going down, you know, there's a room with several sets of chairs, and he starts going down, and I'm kind of sitting in, like in just a couple of chairs on the side of the aisle, and he starts walking in and walking up. Now he first announces, he's got the bill, and I'm like, I'm going to stop, I'm going to, like, I need to ask for that. And he, of course, turns and comes near us and he's like, yes! Yes! And he turns to the guy, like, if I'm sitting in these chairs here, he turns to a person that's sitting right where Paris is. And meanwhile, I stand up inwardly, and she's like, oh no, I don't know, what's my husband gonna do? just more (laughs) I look at her and I'm like, I'll take that. (laughs) And he just He's this high-energy kind of guy. If you've ever seen a high-energy pastor who never laughs for something to say, totally speechless at close range, They're in front of everyone, it is a sight to be heard. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like... All right, well, here, you made my point. He hands me three $100 bills. I don't know. And he like on his lesson from there and kind of <laughs> used us as part of his example. And I was like, so like I could barely speak. Is this guy, you really know, going on the background. meaning there's the Lord, but like sometimes you just don't know what all runs up to in someone else's life. So, and I was just like, I oh, oh, that. so then I hear the message, and the message now actually for me, anyway, really started to sink in. Like, God gives good gifts to His children, but you don't have to be an And I look at it now, I think it's really ironic that I was looking for a job <laughs> as well, you know, as the lady God is like a bad employer, like, I <laughs> can't get a job. Really, kind of an odd bit of irony, but. So, to make matters somewhat more entertaining, we had some people who called us the night before, and they were like, they to I didn't know them well. Wendy, I met them. Wendy did better than I did. We were at the church. Um, we, we had met them in a prior season. They lived in a totally separate city, and we're like, oh, hey, we're like, it's actually in the same city. Um, and they were coming to the church, and we were like, why don't you get together for lunch? Which of course they didn't know to, to for it. Okay. So David came up to her, and they're like, Well, alright, so we asked you to lunch. And that night the Lord told us that we were supposed to buy your lunch and give her fifty dollars. The pastor giving David the money, we took that as a confirmation that we heard right the night before. Here's fifty dollars, where do you want to eat? or maybe we already agreed but we went to Olive Garden and it was good (laughs) um, yeah I I actually we later took a picture of all $350 it was like one of those so remarkable uh, kind of moments Um, that I was just I was utterly in shock There is, for us, the, when he starts getting us out of our definitions, and he really starts getting us separate from it, and starts really like a real teaching grinding process, that's desert-like. There's lots of questions, there's lots of unknowns. For us, that was like a desert season. It was very uncomfortable. But it created what for me to this day is one of the strongest memories of God's kindness that I still reflect back on. Um, You know, for me, he tends to disassociate. There's this reminder that, no, he actually wants to to give good gifts. He doesn't want to turn us into worldly ways that go serve him all the time. Yes, he can. It's, it's mm-hmm. even good to serve, but that's only part of the story. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: There's another teacher that's I heard once describe sort of, the education of God is like one of the things we learn as we church is like they'll bring us the stuff we want, but not the timing we want. Like I still don't have a job after that it didn't fix the real problem to me but it was like i could see the hand of god like here's an object lesson um oh cute thing about the old like samuel prophecies this, this is fine um so she was pregnant with samuel this was near the time like when the lord told her it's a boy his name is samuel like he was still too little for the doctors to confirm any of that um so when we went to the doctor's and they went, yep. yep, it's a boy when he went, yep, glad you're second to the game. And, um, it's not an information. But one of the things the Lord told us is like his birth would mark the beginning of the new season. So six months later, um, she's just giving birth, we're in the hospital, I get a phone call, and it was someone who wanted to interview. So, right before she came home, I went and did the interview. And then right after we got home, that's the job I started. Yeah. Which was just really cool. But so that was still a few months. And some other lessons from the Lord along the way during that time. Um, it. You know, but say, there's this kind of funny thing of like the Lord can bring a thing that we want but not in the timing that we And part of it is what we, we learn to let him be God and be our Father, right? where we'll, we'll trust him that he knows best, even when it wouldn't be like our way of doing what's best. Um, and this one teacher I heard talk about this, he describes it as it's like, and he's trying to minister to our heart, and it's, it's almost like, you know, life will be chaos enough. It's like we just went through a tragic car accident, and the car is totaled. It's burning in the background. We have a sweat there, and we're a bit more in the process of bleeding out, so to speak. It's like, you know, It feels that bad. And it's oh, like, yeah, at the scene of the accident, Jesus like walk off and be way. like, hey, I've got a tub of ice cream. You want to
0: share it with me? <laughs> and we're like, oh, we're am bleeding out. Can I
1: get this? He's like it's your favorite flavor. <laughs> He's not going to let us leave out on the side of the road. But there's a degree of will we trust him with all of it. And let him be right. That was that was a wonderful, that was that moment for me. That whole season was like that. What's kind of happened since then for us is we went back into a season of dealing with every world and the church, so to speak, on a whole different slice of things. <laughs> bad definitions, and, um, and then on the tail end of that, we were like, "Well, we have to have the truth," and this time around, it's been there's been some deliverance and there's there was definitely some about it I'm glad, but a lot of it's been really running and I'm still working stuff out um, and an interesting thing I'll, I'll tell you guys um, I didn't say this last year
0: but all we did last year
1: was go kind of like alright well, what are churchy expectations that aren't in your work that we can throw away and then do a retreat yeah. or rather do a retreat now. Yeah. That's literally what we do. This one, this one, this one, this one, 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 one. one. Okay. And lo and behold, it was restful. And Tom was present when we to be Like, that's life when we let him be up And we embrace it. It's a lot of fun. Right? <laughs> Mm. This, this is like that. What was it? I mean, your, your revelation of the sermon on the mountain. He's like, do You think the kids were just sitting there? <laughs> I can I see I'm kind of I don't know if I don't have a beard, but I can see them like, pulling on his beard. Blessed are those poor. Blessed are those with sore beards. No, no, no. But no, it's. There is a. A lot of the desert season is really just about letting God be God. And taking a step to of over time, I'm doing like one size fits all recipe. Um, yeah. I end up spending a lot of time in the world, and I'm not do because I knew the job, but I couldn't get an answer. Like the non-answer to that question drove me to my knees. So I ended up caring him for all kinds of other things, like ice cream on the side of the road kind of stuff. Um does that make sense? Like when he pulls you to do it. Like, it's okay. Like you're you, I was always gonna teach this part, I, I will say this. The funny thing about the desert is if you look at the children of Israel we look at the whole season like it was this like these people were really stupid because um, they're constantly resisting the Lord, which yes you can, you can say that but and God was kind of harsh at it when we go into seasons that like we're just dealing with definitions and we don't know what to do and like we're re reading everything, it's really easy to judge ourselves like I should be doing this differently like, my whole thing at the time was like, I should have a job of Why don't I have a job already? I'm not providing. I'm a terrible husband. I'm not providing for my wife and daughter and unborn son. Like, that's what I was living under. And it took quite a ways into that season for me to finally go, clearly, to seek a I And to let myself off uh, um, the hood The one of the things to understand the desert, there's really only one horrible mistake you can make. It's truly like, it's just saying, I'm going to go back to Egypt. As long as you're not saying the bondage is better than the freedom you're giving me, Lord, you've got pretty good room with everything else to make mistakes. And like, the Lord is not upset or so, nor should you be. The part of the desert is it's training. This is when the Lord prepares us for what he has to have. This is when he cleanses us from a mess from the past that we couldn't get ourselves free from anyway. Where he has in us his organs where he changes the stuff on the inside of the matter. But like this is where he does that. Um the But like as long as not you have the right take you back to Egypt. I'd rather be in Egypt. Why does it not do it now? There's grace for everything. There's no reason to tarry, carry any condemnation for anything you can't make work or any area where you feel like it's a mess or a failure. When the Lord took the children of Israel out of Egypt, they were a mess. But you know, trauma does not give good things to people, right? I don't need to teach that. I mean, we can grasp that well enough. 400 years of slavery. And the Egyptians didn't put them into slavery to get work done. If you look at Exodus, like chapter 1, chapter 2, they put the children in of Israel into slavery to weaken them. They intentionally wanted to break them. Like, as awful as the slavery we had in the States was, that was the moment. It's awful people. I don't know they have anything to say about it. But the Egyptians weren't trying to get something out of Israel. The Egyptians were afraid of the Israelites. And so they wanted to break them so that the Israelites wouldn't be a threat. Like, their excuse was, if an enemy comes against us and the Israelites join our enemies, like we're going to get overwhelmed. So we have to take care of this liability. So we're going to put them in slavery and break them. And then God would bless them in slavery and they would multiply and the Egyptians got more afraid and so they worked even harder to break them. And finally they got to the point where they were like, your children are not your own, we're throwing them the mile. Like, horrible levels of breakage. And it's been going on for 400 years. That means these people have grown up. like It's like, I'm a slave. I was born into slavery. My house is in slavery. My stuff is in slavery. Everything I do is in slavery. It's all owned by the Egyptians. They control everything. And my father was a slave too, and his father was a slave too, and his father. There was no one in living memory that remembers someone that remembers someone that was free. That was their worldview. There was no way they were going to handle things well. And you find early on, the Lord never rebukes them. He does this incredible set of signs and wonders and Egypt to get them free. I always look at that story like, like, why are they doubting when they get up to the Red Sea? What are these people? Nuts? No! These people are broken. That's what they are. And you find they're at the Red Sea, and they're throw in a fit like, how oh, are we all going to die? The Lord never rebukes them there. He just parts the sea, escorts them on, destroys the Egyptians behind them, the Israelites go party, good morning Israel. And a few days later, they haven't really seen God do a whole lot that's kind for them yet. He got them out of slavery with a lot of bloodshed on the Egyptians. God proved he was powerful getting them out of there. But he didn't start really, really taking a hard line with the Israelites until they were saying, let's go back to Egypt. When they started saying, God wants to kill us, and they started ascribing their motives to God, then God drew a line and was like, no, this is not okay. You're allowed to be a mess. You're allowed to be afraid. You're allowed to have issues. But it's like when they were like, we're going in Egypt, Egypt was better than this. Like, the Lord's like, that's a bald faced lie. <laughs> no, it's not. Then there's an issue. Anything shy of that, honestly, that's permissible in the desert. There is no condemnation for that because it's, it's there that the weaknesses, those things that want to rise up, get a trust. The point is to have them rise up. This is why he says like, he tested them here and here and here. He wanted to reveal them. You guys have real heart issues, like what I love here. Okay, let's try that again. Heart issue. I love you. We love the love scene. No, let's try it again. Heart issue. Like he would bring them to situations of need, and then he would cover it. Bring the next one. He would cover it. Bring the next one. Would cover it. And like. The problem with them is they refused. That's why they that's why they end up going down with that else, but the mess, the mess is fine. Um, you find what happens then is like the desert, like if you're in it long enough, it will have to work. You find when after the voyagers and the children are there, you don't see any rebellion anymore. You don't see digging your heels in. They go up against giants and they're like, let's do it. There's a couple of battles where they were like, you don't even need to, gosh, even need to send a whole army. Just, God's with us. Like This little, they get fearless. The ladies don't though. You no, know, we, we look at like the successes and we compare ourselves to that, like they don't start that way. Moses didn't start that way. He's off killing Egyptians, and then running away, and going out in the field in the wilderness himself for 40 years. It was interesting, like the Lord sent Moses into the wilderness first. 40 years, tending sheep. That was his training that was where he got it, like, straightened out enough that the Lord was like, all right, let's go do this stuff. And even then, Moses was like, I don't think I really want to do this. He sent someone else, and it wasn't until he went, send someone else that the Lord got annoyed. Again, David, he goes, I'd rather be in YouTube, I'd rather be, like, I don't want to go on and be like, that's another problem. the problem. And make sure that, like, the Lord was fine with all his excuses up until now. Like, just, just starting to kind of sink up a little Um, if you end up dealing with it in a group and and you end up with a leader in it, um, feel free to compare that person to Moses and hold them up against that standard. And I'll I'll tell you why. Because I don't think Moses was the kind of leader we think he was. In America, we say leader, like, they have the plan. They know what's going on. Let's consider the way this camp was run. Like, they can have an order for doing things, but they're like, all right, the class level, see, we're going to camp here. Can you picture the conversations that they have with Moses? Hey, Mo, we've been here for a couple weeks. Um, when are you leaving? Uh, when the cloud goes. You're in charge, right? Sort of. Who's in charge? The guy (laughs) with the cloud.
3: Okay. Well, you're the prophet. So, didn't he tell you when we're leaving? He said, we're leaving when the cloud leaves. Do you know when that is?
1: When when is that? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Can you see this? Then the cloud finally does get up. Where are we going? Wherever it goes. Where is it going? Mm, Looks like that way. How far are we going? I don't know. Ask the cloud. <laughs> can, can you see this? Like, you know, I just—it's just I—I <laughs> just, I, I look at some of this stuff, and I—when you get past the frustration of the Israelites, some of it starts looking kind of funny. Like, <laughs> just a little bit the confusion, I can relate. Like, <laughs> all right, Lord, when are we gonna do this? When it's time? When is that? Take it later. When are you didn't tell me, I'll tell you when it's time to tell you. uh Lord, it's kind of serious right now. How about this pole of rocky road? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like. Will we learn to trust? Will we learn to let him write the story of our lives and write our definitions? And show us the way that he has for us to live. Like, that's really the question, and and the answer is as long as you don't say yeah, let's go back to Egypt. The answer going to be yes. It's <laughs> like, David, what are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm in the desert too still. Um, Lord. Lord, I see you You give us eyes to see the cloud <laughs> and to the form of fire, to see your hand at work in our lives, to see the cardinal rock and roll. Or whatever the flavor of ice cream is. Um the like we need that. If there's a grace we need, we need that. Absolutely. And I want to ask that you would help us to go easy on us and to go easy on you. And Lord, help us to learn to trust you. Help us to learn who you because it's that not knowing, it's that when we ascribe the wrong motives to you and the wrong ideas to you, it just gets all twisted. Um, Lord, it shocks me sometimes how much you love us. And the fact that it's only sometimes really implies that I still have no idea. this is who you are and how you are the hope that doesn't disappoint the hope that's based on the truth of who you are and what you're doing in our lives Um, hmm. I've personally come to believe that the Lord is much more interested in having us than in having us do or accomplish for Him. Yeah. Like, yes, we get to be His hands and feet, but He really wants us. He wants our hearts, He wants our minds, He wants union with us. And from that place, there's a crazy potential for doing. But really, I believe that doing is secondary to him. Like he doesn't need us to part the Red Sea; he can do that just fine on his own. You know, we get to preach the gospel. He doesn't actually have to have us do that. He can manifest angels anytime he feels like it. And it's not that the doing doesn't have a place of importance. I mean, it's not good. It's wonderful really what's that compared to the the weight of a human heart what's that compared to having an actual relationship with the people they died for and really knowing true life is knowing the father and knowing Jesus Christ that's (coughs) eternal life um and Lord, I ask that you would really help us to center ourselves on that. That you really put it in us that our value to you is worth so much more. It's for freedom's sake that you set us free, not so we could just go do stuff. Though I look forward to some doing stuff. It's fun, but that's not the Faith, hope, and love—the greatest of these is love. He loves us. When we get secure in that, the hope and the faith partner our end will not be difficult.
4: the stuff so yeah, a great thought yeah. uh so earlier when we were praying over samuel and samuel uh i, I was thinking about you know, the name samuel shemuel hebrew and there's another name that has the same root and the same ending ishmael and uh little hebrew grammar is that uh that you vowel in that second syllable and it gets passive so you have the name the word the word baruch baruch I blessed are you passive verb and so i just kind of was thinking that earlier and came back and i filled it that, that um it's meaningful right now and um there's a uh, another word in hebrew midbar and it's wilderness and it's unknown what the origin origin of it is, but some people think it is connected to the word Davar, which means me which means word, uh Davar onai, word of the Lord, uh, and that it's a place where Yahweh is heard. And um, so when Ishmael, Hagar and Ishmael are in the wilderness. Yahweh hears, Elohim hears the boy crying. But when Shmuel is in the tabernacle, he hears Adonai. Yahweh is heard. But I felt that the Lord even wanted to speak to us through grammar and this idea of a passive verb that um, is, I think, along with what you've been sharing here at the end is there's the a resting, like we don't actually have to strain to hear, we have to rest to hear. That is insanely
1: cool. I really found kind of stupid and I forgot his son named Samuel and I couldn't pronounce his name right in the original language <laughs> How do you, how do you pronounce that again? Ch- 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 well?
3: <laughs> That's awesome. He's our resident Hebrew scholar. Nice. I'm um, gonna get one
2: of them. <laughs> yes. um, I felt like the Lord was wanting me to say this, but like I get
3: I'm still learning how to hear his voice and I don't always that I'm hearing him when I'm hearing him um but when Joseph came
0: up I was like okay well I guess it's okay so for me to do it so <laughs> um I felt like the Lord wanted me to come up um,
1: when David was like oh, I don't really know what else to say um I felt like the Lord was saying wait for me or wait for me wait on me in the desert um, just like as a message for us Act. That, that, is, that is a clear example of like my way into something. <laughs> <laughs> that is it right there. Oh, God, fun. You're a fun. You really went to to be so
3: <laughs> I don't have to close so. <laughs> when David was talking it was interesting um, as I've explicitly said to you guys and to David and Wendy I just have such a easy solid trust in both of them and I don't have to pray about it or think about it I just know that they're going to speak the word of god to us um, uh, yeah i could unpack that more but i just know that um, so i thought it was interesting like we get to see them at this point once a year i told them too that um uh, zion in here right now okay well that's fine <laughs> i told this to david wendy i don't know did i tell you this yet zion when we we're in the hotel room we've just gotten here yesterday um hotel. Yeah. The, the,
2: like, the, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> the church hotel. Camp Lions.
3: See the diet. Um, we were in there and Zion's laying on the bed. She's like, Dad, dude Do Dad and Wendy do the Falls do they own Camp Lyons? And I was like, uh, "No, babe, they, they don't own it. They live in North Carolina. Um, they come here." She said, "Well, then, why are they? Why are they the only ones who do our retreat here?" And I was like, "I think she just thought they owned the place." <laughs> she shows up, and they're here. <laughs> and, and I was like, "I was like, no, babe. Uh, they just—they're the ones who've done our retreats. They're the only ones we've, we've ever asked to do a dwelling retreat." Uh, and I told Dave and Wendy that story and I was like, I can think she thinks that because, you know, you you guys represent 100% of our dwelling speakers for a retreat. <laughs> um, we've asked you on all our two retreats. We went to Donkey Town for a night, but uh, we didn't have any speaking.
0: Um, <laughs> Donkey's Alliance.
3: But I told David and Wendy that, and I didn't even get it until I told them that. I just thought it was something cute and they'd get a kick out of it. But as I was saying that, I felt like insight came in my heart. And as I have insisted upon from the beginning, because I felt the Lord convicted me to insist on this, that he has the, the children, our, our literal kids, are very important to him, not just relationally, although firstly, uh, but also he wants to speak through them. And he's done that consistently from the beginning as well. And even with Zion, God spoke to us years before we prayed with Zion and said, the birth of your first child here on earth will represent uh, the birth of a ministry for you and Keras. And it just all I mean uh, we started in on Labor Day twenty fourteen and then Zion was born a couple months later. Uh, so it's been interesting how things have run like that, he's used Zion to be like a little mascot and a little mouthpiece in many different ways. But I thought, as I was telling him, I was like, you know what, I don't think she said that by accident. I don't think that was just a cute Zionism. Um, although, you know, it definitely representative of the way her mind works, which is really fun. But I felt like she was picking up on something that Dave and Wendy own this place. Like, in the way, that like, they have authority here. Um and, you know, John was talking about when his disciples were upset about Jesus baptizing, and he's like, uh, you know, I think it was him who said it. Yeah, he's like, look, you know, somebody can only really do what they've been given from heaven. You, know, you only have authority if God is given it. And I believe God has given them authority to speak his word. And so that reinforces the other part of what I was going to say, when David's like, you know, I'm just going to use this time, this like one of like just a few sessions over a period of a couple of years, I'm just going to tell a little bit of a story, you know? And yes, it was a testimony and testified of God, but more than that, what I was perceiving, and I was noticing, and you guys who know me know that it's no strange thing, for my body to jerk, or sounds to come out, or whatever, um, in response. And I could, you know, because the spirits of the prophets are controlled by the prophets. Controlled by the prophets. They're subject to the prophets. I could and just, like, not allow for anything, but I don't want to be a tight snare drum. I'd like to respond to the Lord. So anyway, my body's responding, and sometimes it's just, like, not even, I mean, he's just saying something seemingly benign. You know, like talking about like uh, a job or whatever. You know, even between the highlights or the, the God parts, and I'm just and I'm like and and I'm also engaged with everything he's saying. And some of the stuff I've heard specifically, I remember uh, God stories that just stick in me and don't go. But I'm so engaged, and I was like, it's not a brand new concept for me. But I was just like, thank you, Lord. What I was perceiving is they could get up here and say anything, um, and yes, the specific thing matter. The specific things matter, and I was writing down these little arrows that oh, Wendy was like, Kh-h-h. she was shooting at us. This so morning, I'm like, oh man, just profound one after the other, and and I told, I think I said it. To, It's like David sent all these tranquilizer darts out last night. um, Just words of peace. And there were definitely those moments in what he was saying in his story. But more than that, which is related to the doing um, thing, because he wants to give us instruction. He wants to give us specific words that are helpful to us. But more than anything, he wants to give his heart. And I feel like that's what This man represented tonight, and that's what this family is. They're they're just his heart, Um, and so that's why I even felt moved to, you know, physically just open my hands like this. Like God, I receive your heart. I receive your heart, and so um, I pray that God gives us the capacity to remember the specific things that He's saying to our hearts and that we write down and remember stuff that we can chew like cud and ruminate over. I pray that, and I, I believe God will be faithful. He already said, remember, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I said to you. So the things that God said here that we need to hear, he'll remind us. Okay, we just have to say yes to it. But more than a reminder of a specific word is the giving of God's heart. And um, that's what I perceived going on. And I, I want to share that to build your faith and to just encourage you to be in a place of openness. Because um, we can't really, at least I'm, I'm learning to believe this, and I hope it's right, or I'm in some trouble myself. Um, I, I don't think we can give God much more than a Yes. And yes, that, that that will look like specific actions sometimes, okay? But anything more is works, I mean, and even our yes needs to be helped by Him. We, we can't even we need His grace to yield. But um, I believe He's just extending His heart. This is not a brand new thing for us as individuals or this ministry. believe really, that's marked this ministry. Like God, we don't get Your heart. We don't really have much else that we're not much of a dwelling. Right. <laughs> but this—this this is what he's given to us. I just felt his, his heart, and I was seeing that it's so connected to us having that heart to receive. We love because he first loved us. So he's loving us. He's given us his heart. I don't understand in my mind what that means for me personally. I don't understand what that means for our ministry, um, but I do know that he is giving us his heart, uh, and I, I believe it's that this time with them is marking um, a new way of God giving his heart to us. Can I just say
2: something to like confirm what you were saying? Yes. So, for the prophetic little art thing, I just like picked up a rock outside. And um, I drew the outline, and it kind of looked like a heart to me. And then I zoomed in, and it was almost like there's like this little star shape. Mm-hmm. And then I colored it kind of like that. And um, I didn't really like necessarily feel strongly about speaking the answer to the question, like how my life is object, father will you tell me a secret. But what kind of came to me is um, well I was the the rock kind of like reminded me of like a warm desert rock like warm. And this morning I was, when I was canoeing with Gabriel and Samuel, I was thinking about um, or I asked Gabriel where would you like to go like camping I and mean, if you could go anywhere in North America. And he said Montana. And I said, I'm kind of I think it's sounds fun to go to like Arizona, like to the desert. Um, um And uh, is it just like, I kind like of warm desert rocks. Like, I don't know, I was just thinking about like hiking through the warm desert rocks. And so it just what came to me was like kind of a, that my heart is like a star and like God was saying, your heart is like a star and I'm giving a warm desert rock. I'm I am like a warm desert rock giving you warmth. Like God's like a rock, like a warm desert rock giving us warmth. we're resting on God and warm, like a Arizona desert rock.
3: Well, we just say yes and amen to what God's given us. Whatever warmth, whatever rock, stability, whatever piece of his heart. I believe he has something very specific um, for us as a little tribe to carry and to give. Give uh, what's been given to us. And uh, so I I look forward to what that means. And maybe God will even speak uh, with some specificity. To us before we leave from here. But I believe there's there's a get ready for a giving of this heart that we haven't known before.
1: The mischievous part of me it feels like I'm just like no, it's not a shiver, it's like one of those mm-hmm. like I don't know if the spot, but that's just don't um, do Father, thank you for this night. Um, and <clears throat> we're going to go to some marshmallows or something next. Mm-hmm. So, like, Lord, bless them to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> or at least for squishiness. <laughs> <laughs>